Hey, and welcome to the world of small talk, where we have small conversations with deep implications. I'm your host, Nate Pearson. And I'm Ronald Taylor. And Ronald Taylor, the man, the myth, the legend, does it all, (laughs) doing weddings, preaching sermons, the goat. Living the dream, man. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us today. We hope that you guys are uh, staying warm now that fall is rolling in. Especially uh, in these morning commutes, I know it's a little bit chillier. Uh, we, uh, we're we're blessed with the escape, man. Rachel's car—you can start the car from the house and let it warm up. <laughs> I love the chilly mornings. Yeah, me too. I love the point where it's nice and cool outside, but you don't have to defrost your windows. That's mm-hmm. the nice middle ground. But the moment you start having to defrost the car, it's like—is uh, this worth it? <laughs> I the mean, I don't know. I have the de-icer. You can just spray on your windows mm-hmm. and get it off. But Yeah, know. luckily we both work from home now. But when she was working in town, like we would start our car and like let that run for 15 minutes to get warm and then just hop right in. When you say in town, it makes me feel like you have to drive your wagon three days time to get to work. <laughs> well, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It's right, definitely Ronald, still a trek for us to get into Henderson, which twenty sucks, minutes but isn't 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 fun, but it's manageable. Yeah, definitely manageable. I drive twenty three minutes to work. So yeah, no. um, but I live in town, <laughs> so I have to yeah. go to a different town. Yeah, it takes us twenty minutes to get anywhere. Yeah, that We're sounds about. I live in the boonies. Mm-hmm. I used to live in Nakina, which is in Columbus County at the bottom half of North Carolina. And the closest town was White Point. It was like 20 to 30 minute drive to get to a Walmart. And it's like, yeah. which I've lived in two towns like that, actually. But at least in Plymouth, North Carolina, there's some stuff to do. All right. I have a question for you. Right. How did you find your favorite band slash artist? I don't know why I said artists like that. Artists. Artists. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I will share. So my very first favorite band was Reliant K. Oh. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are very I still enjoy them. I love their old stuff. The still. Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. The the VeggieTales version that they did. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, so I actually discovered them when I was, I was pretty young when I discovered them. So it was like 2004, 2005. And I was just like walking around a Lifeway and I was looking at like, I was like, look, this is, this is telling of my age here. I was walking around (laughs) a Lifeway and was looking at CDs. And I was like, gay, 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 don't like this. This is lame. And I saw Reliant KCD. And so I was like, huh, I never heard of them before. And so I took it and I scanned it and I listened to it. (laughs) Because you used to, like, for those of you that don't know and are maybe a little bit younger, you used to be able to go and there were kiosks in CD stores where you could scan the CD and listen to the CD before you bought it. You could sample the CD. And so I went and I listened to it and it was really awesome. They're just like a, you know, uh, you call, some people call them pop, like pop punk, um, or Christian rock band. 
you know, and they were just super fun, a uh, really good band and really had like, they weren't out, they wouldn't outwardly call themselves like a Christian rock band, but they were a pop punk band, punk band, you know, Christian rock. They were all over the place. Yeah. And they like, but they had some like explicit, explicitly gospel lyrics in their music. And it was like good music, you know, it wasn't just your traditional Caleb, his radio contemporary Christian music. And so I really got into them. Um, and then over time, you know, just other different bands, like I really got into Switchfoot, um, through like just through friends. And then over time, like I think now, you know, music that I really enjoy has come from just like Spotify, you know, just like going to different playlists that have Christian artists on them and discovering those, um, favorite artists of all time right now is Andy Minio. Uh, oh, yeah. I love Andy. I've been listening to Andy for forever. Andy, if you ever want to be on the podcast or just even be my friend, I would, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to go. Like, I don't even want tickets or anything. I just want to hang out. I want to talk and hang out. Uh, he's just hilarious. Like he's raw his music. So like, like his, his comedy comes out in his music, but also like just his reality, his hurt, you know, his experiences, like everything just comes out and he just like is a dude that loves the Lord. And I just, I love his, I love his style of music. You know, he's a really, really incredible rapper. Um, and I think has, has proven, you know, that to himself and to others around him. So, uh, what about you? Uh, you just brought back so many deep cuts mentioning the Lifeway <laughs> CD stroll. Was a, I, I found a lot of artists in Lifeway, but um, or my mom would either bring home CDs randomly, and half of it I was like, "What is this?" But some of it, like, so some deep cuts for me are also some pop punk band, Christian pop punk bands, um, probably more on the light side, like Stellar Cart and Hawk Nelson. Okay. Um, they they were um the vibe when i was in middle school early middle school then i probably moved on to skillet from there i remember Oof. i got the awaken alive cd um in in lifeway and my dad was like don't tell your grandparents you have this. like don't let them hear this <laughs> cuz they'll freak out like um uh, but anyway yeah so there and then i kind of phased into more so rap but I mean, I listen to a variety of everything, but uh, Christian rap artist, definitely Andy Minio. He's definitely top tier for me. It used to be KB, but no disrespect to KB. I just feel like he does a lot of remixing, which is good, and it works for his general audience. But I prefer more originality, and I think Andy brings that to the table. Now, KB, if you ever want to hang out, I'm not turning you down. I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, I I love KB. Um, I love social club, like social club's really fun. Um, Shylin comes with the heavy hitters. Like if you guys have not listened to Shylin, like he, he just like theology, heavy hitters, like super doctrinal heavy hitters. And they're really, really good. Um, I did have a skill. Dude. Yeah. I've listened to pro song. Um, dude, I, I did have a skillet phase and I deeply regret that skillet phase. And <laughs> I, I know Wade is listening right now. I've got a friend named Wade who still loves skillet and <laughs> I give him a hard time about still liking skillet. Why do you regret the skillet oh, phase? Dude, I, I don't know. I, it's like, I feel like every song sounds the same. 
That's true. Like, but that's it's true all just like, like a lot of. <laughs> I'm like, but bro, you're like 60 you, years old now, John, and they've because they literally okay, have been I making mean, music since it. They've been making music since the 90s. They have been they making have. music since the 90s, and they've just like trying to been make their. They've been trying to make their look the same, and it's like you can do that if you're Kiss, but not if you're Skillet, you know. And I don't know. It, it's worked though, and they're still making money. They are making money, and I will say so. In 2015, this is a, a funny, a funny little story. Uh, in 2015, Wade, myself, uh, my buddy Austin, like a couple of like a group of our friends, went to Winter Jam, and we bought like the the Winter Jam pass, like the all access. You get in early. We we're like on the stage. Yeah, and. You know, every time I, this is probably like my sixth Skillet concert. Um, and whenever they sing those nights, you know, John Cooper would come with the microphone and he would like, you know, pick somebody in the audience to sing into the microphone. And so he literally like had me and Wade sing into the microphone uh, <laughs> while we were at Winter Jam. And we still have it on video. Like it still shows up in my memories. But it was funny because the youth group that I am now the youth pastor at brought kids to that same winter jam. And like my students were there just a lot younger, like at the same winter jam that I sang into the microphone for John Cooper of Skillet. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know. So I, just, wild. <clears throat> I think for the hard rock genre, it's very common for bands to keep the same style for long periods of time. And I mean, I don't know if you call Skillet like the hardest of hard rock because there's definitely stuff out there that's like, Mm -mm. whoa. (laughs) Um, I think it's dark. No, because I like, I mean, I like other, um, I like, I like other metal bands. Like there are some metal band Christian bands that I really like. Skillet is definitely just like in the Christian rock genre. And yeah, I, I would agree that they all like they've stuck to their kind of music, but in the same sense of like, Relying K for in the same sense of Relying K, like I think you know all their music sounded the same. They did kind of switch it up, you know, toward the uh, toward their later years. Um, but I feel like every song sounds the same with Skillet. Like not even the genre. I think every song oh, yeah. is the same song. <laughs> every, especially every album since like Awaken Alive and Rise, it's just going downhill. Yeah. So, Sorry, Skillet. But I mean, <laughs> props to Skillet. Like you know, they get the headline winner still... game every other year. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're. I mean, they're still doing it, and there's a lot of pan heads out there still. So <laughs> under underrated, uh, underrated '90s and early 2000s artists, though, Toby Mac. Yeah, like I will time, give him. Definitely. I will give him props or props are due because he rocked that entire two decades. I mean, if you want to like, go even deeper, DC Talk. <laughs> yeah, they're pr- they're priming Jesus Freak though. <laughs> <laughs> that was All <it>. right. <laughs> Are you ready for this um this first topic? Yeah, let's get started. Y'all buckle up. How do I politely tell my neighbors that Cocoa Melon is crack for kids? So I live in a really small apartment building. Our neighbors have a newborn baby and friends with two or five, four or five years old, five year olds that visit quite often. They run in and out, slam the doors, scream, knock on my door. It sucks, but they're kids and I get it. 
But what really gets me is Dakota Melon. She shows it to her baby on her phone and runs it nonstop on the TV. I thought it was common knowledge at this point that it's horrible for kids to watch. How do I tell her? Edit, I have minded my own business with the new Slipknot album on the JBL. <laughs> I love the edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it paints a good picture of the situation. The so, yeah, this is a chick that listens to Slipknot. Um, but Coco, I, I can, I can confirm Coco Melon is crack for kids. Like <laughs> it is crazy. Like we've got some friends that have a baby and you could like, I mean, anything could be happening. Like it could be rioting, throwing a tantrum, you know, so on and so forth. Crying, like, in like insatiable crying. But then all of a sudden like that. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah. <laughs> and all, and it's like <gasps> it just gets sucked in like no i mean zombie like no emotion just like slight grin stare at the screen you know and uh and i will say like i think there's you know people have like done all these studies about cocomelon or whatever and it's like dude like i think it's television i think it's another tv show you know i yeah. think it it is a good buffer in ways to just like get a freaking break from a baby you know oh yeah but, it's, mean, but it's not but it's not something to be on all the time 24 7 coca melon yeah yeah i no, mean no coca melon marathons over here oh man I, that's what i was doing the rest of my day um but <laughs> no i mean it's it's okay to like it's the same thing is like if you let your kid run around with an ipad all the time like, that's, like, crack to them, too. But, I mean, it's okay in short mm -hmm. spells. Like, I mean, that's just part of the world we live in today. I mean, can we talk about the fact that um, Chuck E. Cheese is a casino for children? But, mm -hmm. no, we, we don't ever discuss that. Yeah, I think it's... I think these are things that, you know, aren't... I wouldn't say necessary, but I think they're beneficial tools at distracting kids because um, they can, like there are beneficial things that are taught in these shows, you know, like yeah. numbers, counting manners, like things like that. Um, best kid show in the world is bluey though. And I will 100% defend that until my deathbed. Like <laughs> I, I will watch that show on my own. That show is incredible. If you've, if you've never watched bluey, even if you don't have kids, you need to go watch bluey because it is hilarious. It's bluey um, better than the old school Sesame street. Yes. Okay, I, yes. I have a hard time believing it's better than Elmo's World. Like Dude, classic it, Elmo's World carry is so much because you know what? Like as an adult, I would not watch Elmo's World right now. I might, but but <laughs> as an adult, I'm watching Bluey, and I would love Bluey as a kid. And it's funny because they do so well at like you know teaching teaching these moral truths and situational you know things to where you. You're having to make these decisions on, you know, being a good kid, making a decision, so on and so forth, um, learning manners, right from wrong, so on and so forth. And but it also caters to the adults because, you know, it's the it's this family of four. You've got two girls and two parents, um, but their dad is just hilarious and like really commits to a bit. Like he like he plays with his daughters, like really good examples of of mother and father in the house. And the dad's name is Bandit. And he literally like, you know, they'll be like, all right, we're going to play. We're playing toddlers today. And he's like, 
all right, we'll play what's toddlers. And then he like commits to the bit. And so even when they're in the grocery store, like he's literally playing this game with his, with his daughters acting like a toddler. I mean, it is hilarious. Um, one game they play, it's called born yesterday. And it was funny because, you know, he's acting like he has never been in the world. So his like two toddlers are explaining to him like everything that's in this world. And he's like acting super stupid and rediscovering things. But then at the end of this episode, he like, it really allowed him to slow down and look at the things around him. I mean, the writers of this show are just incredible. (laughs) Like top tier. It's it's unreal. Like Australia is doing at least one thing right with Bluey. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So um, he said at least one thing. Hopefully it's not only one thing, Australia. I know. Yeah. I mean, that that is at least what you're doing right. (laughs) They got the accent. That's that but case. yeah, I mean, Cocomelon is crack for kids. I I have a strong disdain for Cocomelon. I I just I hate it. Like the songs <laughs> are super annoying. The CGI animation is like watching a Windows ninety eight computer try to play a video. Like Oof. it is just it's so gross. I hate everything about it. But babies love it, and so you know, if I was a parent and another show wasn't cutting it, and Bluey would actually, I mean, uh, Cocomelon would actually make them stop for a second. Like they're going to get 30 minutes of Coco milk, <laughs> you know, like it's so easy to be a critic when all you like, when all you have to do is look forward to the next Slipknot album. Sure. You're going to, you know, you're going to be super critical about There's somebody having very, their kid. Very different thing. <laughs> right. So, you know, if that's your only, if that's your only thing in life, like, sure, you're going to be super critical of a parent letting their kid watch Coco melon. Um, but I would encourage like for parents out there, you know, if you guys are listening and you have kids like be, just be really, you know, be really mindful of not letting that be the sole way of like distracting your kids, you know, don't let a show being on all day, you know, be the, the way that you kind of keep your sanity, like interact with your kids, play with your kids, discipline your kids. Like don't let Cocomelon raise your kids. Like, you know. Make sure you True. guys are raising your kids. So today we have learned that Slipknot listeners and Ronald are not the target demographic of Cocomelon. <laughs> oh Great my knowledge. goodness. So this says the my girlfriend you know. wants, huh? The more, you know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend, my girlfriend wants me to keep going to the gym, but tries to stop me when I actually go. I'm a 25 year old male. I used to go to the gym almost every day. When I met my girlfriend, after we started dating, I could no longer keep up with the training schedule between work, my master's degree, and spending time with her. She really wants me to get back into the gym because she thinks I'm getting out of shape. But when I actually make time to go to the gym, she asks me to go to another time because she wants me to spend time with her. So basically, she, um, so she basically hates it when I make excuses to not go, but wouldn't let me go when I actually want to. What should I do? This is his girlfriend. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing there is one. If she's complaining about you going to the gym. And not spending time with her, but you're still spending time with her. Just go to the gym, dude. Yeah, just go to the gym. Just go to the gym. Um, Two, like if it really is becoming an issue and you're having trouble, like. You know, organizing, setting time, you know, making a schedule like you just sit down and make a schedule and say, hey, like. I'm going to the gym every day at this time. That way, you know, you're communicating with her, like having that effective communication. And then, 
she can't really get mad when you're like, Hey, like I go to the gym every day at this time, you know, like we can hang out today, but we just have to have, we have to set aside another time for us to hang out, you know? And I think that's okay. Um, the older you get, the more responsibilities that you get, you really do have to start establishing a schedule. Um, so and doing that. And then right now, like if, you know, if your priority is getting in the gym today, like make that your priority. If your priority is hanging out with her today, cause y'all haven't hung out, hang out with her. But I think that it's, it's really as simple as that, you know? Well, I'll say one thing that helps is, I mean, I don't know what your status is, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, but especially once you get married, like is go ahead and go to the gym before or after something you're already out doing that way. It doesn't feel like you're stepping away again. It's just like you're already gone Mm -hmm. and then you come back. It just makes it easier. Yeah. And marriage is a completely different conversation. Like in marriage, like your marriage is your priority. And so you really have to set that schedule and be like, all right, like I'm either, if I don't feel like I have enough time in the day, I need to either go in the morning before work or I need to go later at night before bed or, you know, on the way, like, like you were saying, like on the way to work or on the way home from work, but at a time that you're able to schedule it consistently every day, like, yeah, there are things that we need to to schedule consistently, like taking our medicines. If we have medicine, you know, getting up. You set our alarm every day like that needs to be consistent. Our quiet time in the word, like studying the Bible needs to be consistent. And then time that we dedicate toward activity and going to the gym needs to be consistent. Yeah. And I mean, and going to the gym doesn't have to be an everyday activity. You can stay in healthy mm-hmm. shape and be in good shape going three, three, four times a week or so. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's definitely something you can work out. I mean, obviously once you get into more intense workouts every day, if you're really going for a goal, but the thing I'm looking at here is, um, I lost my train of thought, but I'll I'll say this when, if you're dating, this is definitely a problem you want to evaluate now and get sorted out. I guess you can go about to her and be like, okay, either I needed to go either go to the gym. Or you need to be okay with me being heftier. Like, this is your decision. It affects your life. <laughs> Husky boy. <laughs> yeah, you can't have both. You're either, either going to have the fat and happy me or the in shape and less time. <laughs> that's dumb. I guess that's the, the final ultimatum if nothing else works out. <laughs> but Yeah, you definitely got to find a happy medium there, I guess. Yeah. Yep. All right. This this is a little bit crazier. Should I call local news on stalker slash hostile neighbors? Hello. I have neighbors that have been targeting me and my family, but especially me through vehicular intimidation, trailing alongside me as I walk, lurking nearby when I take out the trash and eyeing me down and getting other people, their friends and family to do the same. And most recently, following me to my job slash to go to the grocery store to the point where I try to limit going places, unfortunately, or limit going try to limit going places, unfortunately. The, these people have also smeared me to many others in the neighborhood, and now there are neighbors and I that don't get, don't speak, um, neighbors and I who don't speak without getting into passive-aggressive like conversations being hostile towards me. I have reported these people to the police, and the police suggest I get a restraining order. 
but they often use their friends and neighbors to do their dirty work. So not just getting one or two people on a restraining order is going to do anything. It's literally a group that worked together to drive by me as I walk through the neighborhood, follow me, etc. I'm at my wits end and I'm thinking about exposing all of these losers through the local news stations, but I'm not sure how to go about it. What do you guys think? And later on, he's in the comments, he says it's from a confrontation, verbal confrontation that caused this back in 2020. Interesting. Got the whole neighborhood against them. Yep. That's so weird. I mean, if that's what floats your boat, you know, like if you can't, if it's stuff that really like is getting to a point where it really does bother you and you can't function like, and it's eating at you. Like for one, have you had any conversations with these people? Like, what are these people saying happen? Like, why are these people going along with it? You know, are there any more conversations that have been happening? Um, and if like, you know, if you moving is out of the question, like, and just getting out of that situation is out of the question. Like, I mean, I don't really know what to tell you there. You know, you can take that time and, you know, and, and seek out a new source if you'd like, but just know that the media never tells it as it actually is. <laughs> You know, yeah. so I don't know. What are your thoughts? They're also going to get, as you said, the media, they're also going to get the other side of the story. So they're probably going to, I don't know, see which one's the better angle and go with that. So be careful, mm -hmm. as Ronald said. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it all depends on how bad that verbal confrontation was. Now, obviously, I don't really care how bad it was two years ago. If nothing else has happened, these people are going to an extreme for no reason. Um, but I mean, there could be stuff this person isn't telling us now, even so, I don't think it's okay to follow someone in your vehicle and stalk them and make their life miserable. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I can't imagine stepping outside and just feeling like the neighborhood is against me and like even following me to my job or if I go out to run an errand, that's like, yeah. they have too much time on their hands. <laughs> like they need to, they need to start committed to other stuff. Yeah. And surely it can't be the whole neighborhood. You know, like there's probably yeah. just like a, a core group of folks. And honestly, like I wouldn't use, well, it's not going to help as an excuse to not get a restraining order. Like if it's something that is really bothering you and you feel like, you know, there is a, a danger that's potentially posed to yourself, get the restraining order. You know, that's okay. Like that's allowed. Like go ahead and put the work to do that because at some point, if they really are so like gung ho about making all this stuff happen, somebody's going to violate that restraining order. And once people see action being taken further, like people are going to chill out. You know, I think people, people tend to act stupid and that whole mob mentality, they're all willing to do that until there's a consequence posed. And then once there's a consequence posed, people usually try to get their crap together. And so I would, I would pursue the restraining order, um, you know, continue to, to take things in a legal matter um, and then going from there. You know, and at the end of the day, like if none of those things help, um, you know, obviously it just depends on if you're renting a house somewhere, you know, not if you just own your house and if you're single, if you have a family, like all of those things really do take, you know, you got to take those things into consideration when you talk about potentially moving somewhere and so on and so forth. But if you're just a single person and you're just renting an apartment or something like that, like try to see if there's anything else in another area that you can, you know, move to and just kind of avoid the whole thing altogether, you know. True. I agree. I just, it's a tough situation to be in. Um, mm -hmm, for sure. 
All right. So our last topic says, should I respond to my dad who has been gone for a decade? My dad has been divorced from my mom for nearly 10 years and I haven't seen him once since he left. He left when I was in grade two. I turned 17 in two months. Recent for the divorce include alcohol addiction, my dad having an affair with a different lady, my dad treating me and my mom badly, more so my mom, I'm sad to say, my dad willingly giving up custody of me, my dad stealing money from our family members. He could be a reformed man, but he never once acknowledged any of this. This is why I don't talk to him. Should I change this? Should I talk to him about this? Wouldn't it be more appropriate if he talked to me about it first because of um, his mistakes? So I guess they're saying they're asking if they should reach out or if they should wait for him to reach out. Is that I, I guess so. I, I don't see any indication that there's been any contact, but maybe they're just curious about it. Don't know if he's changed or, or what. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's right or wrong to be the person to initiate that, especially if you're curious. You know, I think it's OK to be curious. I think it's OK to get answers. Um. So even if your dad hasn't reached out, like if you have a way of contacting them, I think you are well within your right to reach out, to see how they're doing, to see, you know, what's been going on and try to, you know, to try to tread that, you know, that water. Um, I think people will be really quick to be like, well, they don't deserve that. Well, sure. Like there's a lot of things other people don't deserve. There's a lot of things that we don't deserve, you know, but at the end of the day, like, they're our family and we can, we can show grace, especially if they are reformed. Um, if they have changed, you know, for the better, um, my assumption would be if he hasn't reached out, you know, he doesn't really want to. Um, but that's not always the case. You know, sometimes dads just don't have, they don't have ways to contact their kids. They, you know, started new lives, so on and so forth, and have just not really had a way to get a hold of them. And so you've got kids sitting there like, well, my dad really hates me and like never wants to hear from me. Yeah, they like just haven't really had the means. They've had no way to contact them, you know. And so That's true. if you've got a way to reach out um, and you're curious, I think it's OK to like, you know, to to take that step and to reach out because, I mean, they are your they're your parents, you know. Um. And unfortunately, there's a lot of stickiness and mess in relationships. Like, you know, I, I come from a, a broken family. My dad left before I was two, um, had an affair, like, you know, dated multiple women since then. And so it's like, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with somebody who's absent? How do you deal with a parent who, you know, I've had interactions with my dad, but it's like, how do you have, how do you deal with a dad that's like, all of your growing up complaining about not being able to see you or it being difficult when it's like, had you not left in the first place, we wouldn't have dealt with this, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's going to be things all around. Um, but I think it's, it's worth trying to reconcile, you know, like our goal as, as people, whether you're a Christian or not should always be reconciling with, with your family or with friends and things like that. And, you know, who knows, there could be a really cool relationship that stems from that curiosity and you're being willing to step out. So, and if not, like, leave it be, you know, you never know, you never know till you try. So. I agree. I think even if you don't extend a relationship, reaching out and just offering forgiveness, even if he Mm -hmm. doesn't want it, can be a powerful thing. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, even if he rejects it, that's a burden off of you. You know, you've done your due diligence and, you know, you've attempted to reconcile because, you know, I mean, it. one of the hardest things to do is to offer forgiveness to someone who doesn't want it. And mm-hmm. that's something we see modeled through God. He offers forgiveness to us. And in our sinful nature, we often don't want it <laughs> like as a natural mm-hmm. state. You know, obviously God allows us to accept it. And to, um, you know, move past that. But that's a model we're supposed to follow. Like if someone wrongs you, you're supposed to offer forgiveness, you know, and even if they don't accept it, you're no longer in the wrong or at all because you've done what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, and when it comes to conflict resolution and relationships and tension is like, we can always make assumptions. We can always, you know, go about things and just say, well, they're not going to do this. This isn't going to happen. So on and so forth. But until you take the step to be proactive in something, you know, you are also at fault for not taking that step. Mm-hmm. But if you've done your part and you've done everything that you can, like everything is on their shoulders now. So, I agree. Well, do you have any final closing remarks? I think I am good. Uh, y'all be safe you know, today. You know, whether at whatever time you're you're listening, I know a lot of, People that have communicated to me say they listen on their drives to and from work. So make sure you guys are being safe on the road, uh, focusing well, and I uh, hope you guys have a great day today and, and if a you great are, day tomorrow. If you are being unsafe, we are going to definitely not go back to video content. So that's just a fair <laughs> warning. If you're being unsafe right now, I'm going to call the police in 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, well, at least you're taking action. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that's my part. Some, that's some real time traveler stuff. <laughs> Like you're going to know that they're yeah, <laughs> jokes on you. This is a live stream right now. Oh, Ronald was actually in the back of your car. Check your back seat. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I'm, check I'm your underneath the blanket in your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know where to find us. Um, Spotify, um, YouTube, not YouTube. Sorry, please scratch that. Well, hopefully we'll get it on YouTube soon. Um, oh, with, um, small talk being, um, steadily going in small world being back up or getting thing back on track as they just started their season two over there it's definitely worth checking out um they got a great first episode i'm still listening to it i've got through part of it but you know we're also on spotify apple Podcasts, really anywhere you can find podcasts um but i think the most important thing in is word of mouth if you enjoy us talk to your friends you know give us good reviews help us build the brand and I'm really bad at remembering our um, email. I know it's smalltalk.smallworldmedia at gmail.com. I'm just always that's afraid it. I'm going to flip-flop them. But if nope, you have yeah, anything you want advice on, reach out to us there. We'll be glad to talk about it on the show. I mean, of course, there's some screening aspects. Um, we try to keep this a PG-13 podcast. But... We would love to talk through it. If you have any comments about anything we've done, just mention them up there. We'll go back and address some stuff we've talked about in the past as well. All right. Deal. Sounds good. Well said. All right, y'all. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to y'all next time. All right. Talk to y'all next time. Bye. Bye.